，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Another new high was recorded Sunday. The number of COVID-related deaths hit 145. Meanwhile, the daily count for confirmed cases came to 76,539, a slight drop on the previous day, with 378 of them displaying moderate or severe symptoms. For 12 consecutive days now, COVID cases have plateaued between 80,000 and over 90,000. Addressing the public's question whether the pandemic is starting to slow, the CECC says it is indeed showing slower growth in Greater Taipei, but cases are starting to rise a little in the south. Let's hear from CECC officials. In this week, about This week, it has gradually started to flatten in Greater Taipei, or even some slight declines. In other areas, numbers have risen slightly. Overall, the case numbers are hovering between 80,000 and 90,000, and this has lasted for 12 days. The north is down, and the south is slightly up. The overall number has not changed. At this stage, everyone worked together, and triage has been done well. The numbers of hospitalised severe cases haven't exploded, and the number of empty hospital beds has remained at a certain level. 有关这个，就是后续它的降幅哈。As for how much the numbers will come down, it will depend on our controls on the flow of people. The pandemic has reached a plateau. Aside from the numbers of infected people reaching a certain level, people are also imposing restrictions on themselves. Which is helping our case numbers to flatten a little. CECC spokesman Zhuang Renxiang said, "Over the pandemic has come to its peak period, and that many people have spontaneously refrained from going out or gathering for meals, which has caused the pandemic to flatten a little. He hopes this situation can continue." Former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo over the weekend slammed his successor Antony Blinken for speaking "quote diplomatic gobbledygook" about China. In a speech last week, Blinken said the U.S. was not looking for conflict or a new Cold War, even though he characterized China's military provocations as deeply destabilizing. In response, Pompeo said Blinken should have been harsher. He even described the communist regime as evil. Meanwhile, China appeared not to have taken any notice of Blinken's remarks. It sent seven warplanes close to Taiwan's airspace over Dongsha Island over the weekend. 
Blinken said America was not looking for conflict or a new Cold War. His predecessor, Mike Pompeo, is now slamming these remarks for being diplomatic gobbledygook that underestimates China's threat. It, it sounded like diplomatic gobbledygook. It didn't feel like it had a core thesis of the Chinese Communist Party as evil and capable and intentional about undermining our way of life here. Xi Jinping will see that and he will view that as a green light. Pompeo fears Beijing will take the Democratic Party's ambiguity on China as a green light. The former US Secretary of State thinks that in the light of the Ukrainian war, the Biden administration should send China a clear message about the costs Beijing will face if it decides to invade Taiwan. Uh, my view of Taiwan is that this is the moment uh, to build them up, uh, not after they've already taken the island, not after they've already got a foothold on a small island, not after they've already killed tens of thousands of people. That's what we did in Ukraine, right? We should make clear to them that we are prepared to exercise every American power to help the Taiwanese defend themselves. They may still make the decision to invade. It's entirely possible. Um, but I actually think Xi Jinping is smart enough uh, to, to say, you know, I'm not going to go about it that way. Pompeo also said in addition to military aggression, China may use information warfare and other means to achieve its goal of taking over Taiwan politically. He said the US could not afford to be careless and that the US should officially recognise Taiwan as an independent sovereign state and amass an international consensus to support the nation. A recent editorial in China's state-run Global Times says although China's foreign ministry rarely mentions Guatemala, a nation that has official diplomatic ties with Taiwan, representatives from the Central American nation have in fact expressed an interest in strengthening cooperation with Beijing. In response, Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs refutes that official diplomatic ties with Guatemala are intact and friendly. Local scholars think that although ties with Guatemala are not yet flashing a red light, the government should still take the Chinese editorial as a warning. Currently, some cracks are starting to appear in Guatemala's relationship with the U.S. China's manipulations may have certain effects, even if you can't see them right now. Maybe we'll see the cumulative effects in a few months' time. Of course, this is a warning sign. Economic and trade ties between Guatemala and Taiwan are very stable. If economic and trade ties are managed well, then diplomatic ties are bound to be stable. The Taipei Bay's Central America Trade Office points out that the trade volume between the two nations has been increasingly steadily. Willy Alberto Gomez Tirado, the Guatemalan ambassador to Taiwan, also visited Ilan and Kaohsiung recently to promote his nation's traditional food, reflecting close interactions between the two nations. Taiwan's foreign affairs officials also stressed that ties with Guatemala are intact and they accused the Chinese media of shamelessly and deliberately exaggerating and manipulating their readers. Train travelers take note. Owing to a rise in COVID-infected personnel at the Taiwan Railways Administration, train services have been and will be significantly cut back. So far, 96 scheduled train trips have been canceled since mid-May. Starting in June, another 110 train trips will be cut on weekends. 
To make matters worse, the government's plans to privatize the TRA are causing many of its employees to jump ship. It's the weekend. Crowds pour into train stations, taking advantage of the balmy weather to travel. However, a glance at the train schedule reveals that trains are arriving at the station less frequently. I've discovered that the wait has gotten longer and the available rides have become fewer. More and more TRA personnel working at its front lines have tested positive for COVID. And as a result, 96 train trips have been cancelled since May 16th. As a result of the pandemic, the TRA says more than 30 people have had to stop work recently, even though that's only a small minority at only 2%, considering that there are 800 to 900 train trips every day and that some workers need to work shifts. The manpower is overextended. It's not surprising that train trips are being cut back. The TRA says in a statement that to meet the needs of commuters, students and travellers on weekdays, and in consideration of relatively higher weekday passenger volumes, it will resume the services of 10 commuter trains. However, it will still cut 100 train trips on weekdays and more than 110 train trips on weekends. The new schedule will be adopted in June. Since I go from Hualien to Taipei, I can only take the train. Otherwise, I'd have to consider driving. It's still more convenient to take the train. Statistics show that demand for train rides is increasing. Last year marked the first time trains have carried more passengers than highways in 32 years. Highway transport last year accounted for 790.9 million rides, lower than the 792.4 million rides for trains. However, the TRA's privatisation plans are sparking fears in its employees that they may be laid off. It's been reported that many are taking the civil service exams, applying for transfers to other agencies or taking an early retirement. All this would exacerbate the current situation of fewer train services. However, in the long term, passenger demand for public transport looks likely to drop. You can clearly see it in Taipei. Look at the passenger volumes of the MRT or buses. They have dropped significantly. One factor is that the way we work has changed and that our lifestyles have also changed. Another factor is Taiwan's population is slowly aging. All these factors will drive down demand. Experts say that during the pandemic, public transport is often cut back. Making adjustments on a rolling basis according to demand should be the top priority. The problem is that as the number of infected TRA personnel climbs and as people jump ship, making adjustments on a rolling basis may be easier said than done. The Ad Hoc Transitional Justice Commission will formally wrap up work at the end of May. In its final report to the Executive Yuan, it recommends that the likeness of former President Chiang Kai-shek be removed from the nation's currency. It argues that Chiang was an authoritarian ruler who undermined the democratic constitutional system, carried out state-sponsored violence, and violated human rights. Premier Su Chang has responded that 
While transitional justice is something that should continue, the removal of symbols of authoritarianism from the nation's bills and coins is not something that has to be done right away. It can be done the next time the currency gets a new design, he says. Fishing is a lucrative industry in Taiwan, but the high profits come at a big price. Many fishing vessels in Taiwan sail under what's called flags of convenience. This means that they are registered in foreign countries that allow the ship owner to circumvent the strict laws and regulations in Taiwan, such as labor and safety standards. In 2019, the practice of sailing under flags of convenience came under scrutiny after a 19-year-old Indonesian died on a Taiwan-owned vessel registered in Vanuatu. Today, in our Sunday special report, we revisit this dark chapter that triggered condemnation and calls for better conditions for migrant workers. As an island nation, Taiwan has thousands of fishing vessels operating across the ocean. Its tuna fishing sector is among the biggest in the world, with an annual output value of nearly 40 billion NT. But under all the impressive figures hides a dark struggle for basic human rights. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Manny, and I need help. I am very weak and can barely breathe. I am very short of breath right now. Look, I live on this boat, and it's so hot. Please help me. They just threw us here and left us. You'll believe me when I show you. I put some cardboard and blankets over here like this, so it won't be so hot. It's so hot in the cabin, there's no air conditioning. This man calling for help is Manny from the Philippines. In April of 2019, he boarded the Dawang, a Vanuatu-flagged fishing vessel operated by a Taiwanese firm. In the video, Manny alleged inhumane treatment by the Taiwanese captain of the vessel. He said he was hot, hungry, and afraid of dying on the ship. Sometimes when I think back on my time working on the vessel, I cry, but I think at least I was rescued in the end. I called 1955 for help. Had they come two or three minutes later, I might have already been dead. I had been locked up. He could only eat instant noodles, uncooked instant noodles. He would eat that and when he got really hungry at night, he would eat fish offal to get by. When we interviewed him, we heard all these sad stories. It was very shocking to hear that these human rights abuses were being committed on a Taiwanese fishing vessel. Manny was lucky to escape alive, but that was not the case for one of his colleagues, 19-year-old Sunoto from Indonesia. One day, the chief mate on the vessel attacked Sunoto with a sandal for not being fast enough. The next morning, Sunoto was found dead in bed. Three years after the incident, FTV got in touch with Manny. The fit and healthy man of today is a far cry from the bony figure he used to be on the Dawang. Since then, 
The National Immigration Agency has deemed him a victim of human trafficking, and he is now living in a shelter. The things he saw on the Dawang have stayed with him to this day. The chief mate would kick him, punch him, strike him, sometimes with heavy objects. That colleague of mine who died, whenever he made a mistake, the chief mate would hit him. The autopsy said he had died of pulmonary edema, and with that, they just brushed it all under the rug. It was such a rushed affair. It was a human life. He lost his life before he even turned 20. Calls for justice emerged after the 19-year-old died out at sea. Last year, we helped a Philippine fisherman with a lawsuit, and this year, we're helping another fishery worker. In our shelter, we now have two fishermen who used to work on the Dawang. The vessel is operated by a Taiwanese firm, but it's registered in Vanuatu. It's sailing under a flag of convenience. The Vanuatu flag Dawang was registered under a flag of convenience, a practice that creates a legal grey area. Because of the foreign registration, the Taiwan government is unable to intervene in incidents like these. The Dawan incident showed that there are many supervisory failures and regulatory loopholes in Taiwan's fishing industry. The issue with flags of convenience is that we consider vessels an extension of the registered country's territory. So when the Dawang is abroad and a crime happens in the open sea, we can't really investigate the matter. At the same time, without any evidence of what transpired, we also can't declare that someone is guilty of a crime. Yes, we can. The fisheries agency, prosecutors' offices, and government agencies can't enforce their authority in accordance with Taiwan's laws. Carrying out investigations or even boarding the vessels come with a lot of difficulties. According to the fisheries agency, 253 vessels in Taiwan operated under a flag of convenience in 2022. Civic groups estimate the figure to be much higher at more than 400 vessels. At 20 fishermen per vessel, that would mean that almost 10,000 people signed work contracts with Taiwanese shipowners that were not covered by the Labor Standards Act or the regulations on the authorization and management of overseas employment of foreign crew members. Were the abuses on the Dawang an isolated incident? Or are they just the tip of the iceberg? Over the past few years, over more than 10 years, the number of such cases has stayed in the single digits. The world is paying close attention to the issue of human rights in the fishing industry. It is a widespread problem in distant water fishing. It's hard to know exactly how common human rights abuses are in the industry. But the case on the Dawang caught international attention. In January of 2022, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection released a press release saying its investigations into the Dawang found evidence of all 11 international indicators of forced labor and that it would therefore seize the ship's catch. The U.S.'s move against the ship prompted Taiwanese authorities to finally make a move on industry abuses. On February 15, 2022, Taiwan revoked the operating permit for the Dawang and required that the ship owner transfer operating rights to others. At the current stage, Feng Chun Formosa's stance is that we will cease engagement with fishing vessels to which the U.S. Customs and Border Protection issues a withhold release order. We'll suspend trade for as long as the withhold release order lasts 
until the U.S. Customs and Border Protection makes adjustments. Flags of convenience have a storied history and occupy a very complex space in international law. The practice is unlikely to be on its way out any day soon. Currently, it's impossible to bring the number to zero. People say, make that disappear, ban flags of convenience, but they will still exist anyway. If we don't have any rules to govern them, and we just do away with our regulations governing flags of convenience, we would be unable to also regulate investors. Flying a flag of convenience is something that can facilitate fishing. It allows vessels to get funds to be abroad and develop other countries' fishing industries. At the same time, it gives profits to investors. By design, you can't really use Taiwanese laws to regulate the practice. In December 2020, Taiwan passed an amendment to the regulations on the approval of investment in or the operation of foreign flag fishing vessels. It places restrictions on who may apply for approval to invest in or operate vessels flying foreign flags. For example, it includes applicants previously found guilty of human trafficking. But this legislation still allows plenty of loopholes, experts say. There are many laws in Taiwan that regulate flags of convenience, regulate investments, regulate foreign flag vessels, but there are no laws that cover labor. There are no laws to ensure basic human rights for related issues. Civic groups say Taiwan's current legislation covers only employers without offering any protections to workers such as Manny. The former fisherman says that being able to speak with his loved ones after work is the most precious moment of his day. It's been three years since Manny left the Philippines for Taiwan. His phone is filled with photos of his daughter and his wife. Manny says he can't wait to rejoin his family, but not until the case is closed on the death that he witnessed on the Dawang. The former fisherman is determined to stay to obtain justice for his deceased colleague. <laughs>